0: Hey guys, welcome to the Cultivate and Keep podcast. I'm Jeremy and this is Corey and this is where we talk about what are we learning, what are we studying in the Bible, and what is new in our businesses. And uh, today we have a very special guest. Corey, I'll let you um, bring him in.
1: Yeah, so our special guest today is Mr. David Matrenga. Um, David, you're the college or like, I don't know what you call it, like the young adult the pastor. Young adults pastor. Okay, yeah, yeah I thought wow. so. Um, but welcome. Great to have Thank you. Thank you very much. Amazing. Um, so we're going to kind of jump right in. We want to make the, make the most of our time. Is there anything else we need to say before kind of jumping? No, around? I think so. Yeah. Cool. Good. Um, it might be good. Just if you don't mind, give us like the couple minute version of your testimony, just yeah. to kind of, for people who don't know you at all. I mean, a lot of people listening know, obviously from, from foothills, but a lot of people don't as well. So mm-hmm. just like the high level overview of yeah. how you got to where you are today and sort of who you are, what you do.
2: So grew up here in San Diego. Um, family is um, Like we're very Italian and Catholic and it was it was a big part growing up Uh, So I went to a Catholic Church for a a little bit, but really not a Christian home. So I I Didn't know the Lord for a long time Uh, played a lot of sports. That was my dad's religion and more than anything else so played sports growing up and then my neighbors in Santee went to foothills and so they invited my older brother to go surfing I've been like 16 months younger and a younger brother tagged along and uh so it went surfing, met the Lord through youth group and doing stuff like that and I've I've been at Foothills ever since. That was like 98 99. So like um,
0: 1998
2: 1999? Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so That's crazy. um yeah, it is it is gnarly. I gave my life to the Lord in 6th grade. Spent a few years just trying to figure out what that meant, you know, uh mm. between my family and, and chasing after popularity and girls and and so really got right with the Lord at the end of middle school and uh so uh I don't know in high school was in student leadership. I got hired on at Foothills two weeks after I graduated high school. Really? Um, and I've been there ever since. I was in 07. oh seven.
0: 7 Wow.
2: Yeah. Where'd you start? I was a intern under John Hoffman in the youth ministry. Hmm. So I did that for two years and then uh, I got hired on as a youth venture director in Santee. Uh, that was crazy. Um, mm-hmm. uh, in, in hindsight, like I took the job and, and honestly, I felt like I was way more qual- qualified than I was. I, I learned that very quickly. Uh, and so I, I worked as youth venture is an outreach teen center. And we we have them throughout San Diego. And so the whole goal is to have pool tables and ping pongs Mm -hmm. and kids come in and they see like their perceived needs, you know, fun. And then we have a mentorship program and we're able to answer their real needs, introducing Mm -hmm. them to the Lord. So I directed that teen center for 10 years. Um, So throughout those years, met my wife, we got married. Uh, I now have four kids, and yeah.
0: So you were 18 when you uh, became an intern, mm-hmm. right? Two years later, started uh, promoted to a youth, running a youth venture. Yeah. And then when were you? Got, you got engaged, 23,
2: 22? No, uh, I got engaged at 21. Jeez. And then got married at 22.
0: Um, And you bought a house in that time, right? Yeah. So I want to know about that, how you did that.
2: So, yeah. It
0: was. I've never so known much, the full story. Yeah, yeah. I just noticed it's It's crazy how it happened, but I want to know, like, how it, it happened. <laughs> it
2: is. And, and God blessed us tremendously through that. So we got married in 2011, low of the market, um, like mm-hmm. real low. So we were getting married, planning a wedding, and realized that we could buy a house. And at that time, just at that time to get into our house, it took about $15,000. So we, we didn't have that. We weren't planning on spending that for a wedding,
0: but like cash on hand is what you're saying, right?
2: Yeah. So we, uh, instead of planning a wedding, we, we did still have our wedding, but it was a picnic wedding. Mm. Uh, I think we spent less than four everything. Wow. Um, wow. and we, we did it very differently. Uh, we didn't have a meal. It was started at one o'clock. And it was at a like park. So had the ceremony at some finger foods and bocce ball, you know, people Mm -hmm. played croquet and bocce ball and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And then it was done at four. Everybody went home. So it was, I I loved it. Mm -hmm. And I try to encourage people. (gasps) A man's dream. (laughs) And God bless my wife. My wife is incredible. I'm sure she's going to come up a a bunch through this uh, because she is a tremendous blessing, but really it was, I mean, come on, it's up to her. Mm-hmm. And she was like, yeah, I'd rather have a home than a crazy yeah. expensive wedding. So we, um, we, the w- way we got that money, uh, we had, her, her parents had put aside some to, to help out with the wedding.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: We thankfully, uh, I graduated college debt free and Courtney had very little debt. So to get into a house at that age, uh, it needed no debt. We had cash, but it was FHA, the lowest mm-hmm. we could put down possible. And uh, and then I had been working at Foothills for at that point three years, four years. So I had that longevity in my career,
0: mm-hmm.
2: uh, in employment. So,
0: and you had no other income, right? Just the church.
2: No, at that time I was teaching in high school.
0: Oh, I, yeah. Huh? Yeah. So that was enough to get you approved at the bank.
2: Yeah. I, and we, we had to pay PMI and I don't know how we did it. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I remember right, my income when we got married was something below $2,000 a month. Oh
1: my gosh.
2: And my Jeez. mortgage was just shy of 1700, which at that time now, now it would be stinking rad. Um, mm-hmm. uh, technically now it, it's still less than that because we're in our yeah. same home. But, uh, at that time it was a lot and so courtney was working too not bringing in she was bringing in less than me and we uh it we had a huge team around us too so her parents are incredible people Mm -hmm. i'm really blessed by my in-laws so they just said hey we want you to do this too and if it gets lean we're we're here And so I think twice we had to borrow like 500 bucks for a week Mm till payday to make it. Mm -hmm. But ultimately the Lord really blessed us Mm -hmm. and, and it's this home's continued to be a blessing for a long time.
1: Yeah. That's cool.
2: Yeah.
1: That's pretty gnarly. So, um, walk us through your career a little bit and not in the traditional sense of like, I want to hear about sort of like which roles you've had and sort of like the progression to up until now. Mm -hmm. But I'm also curious, like, I mean, getting hired at Foothills right after high school is not something that most people do. Um, how did you know that you wanted to do ministry? Um, you did college. I mean, you went through college still as well, debt-free, like what was that like? Uh, and that decision, especially choosing to go down this path.
2: Yeah. Well, I, in high school I thought I would be a teacher and I I wanted to teach. I really enjoyed, uh, working with people. And, um, so that that was a plan. And then, I really felt like the Lord spoke to me in, in January, right before I was to graduate high school. Hmm. So I don't, I don't know how much detail, basically I was with a bunch of guys from my small group and we were just doing something extra on the weekend. We we're climbing cows mountain, which is right behind us as we're recording this. And in that process, uh, the Lord really spoke to me and said, Hey, I want you to teach, but not high school. Uh, I want you to go into ministry. So I met Mm -hmm. with John and said, Hey, I I think this is what I'm called to do. And and John told me, all right, I want you to be an intern for six months until you graduate and then I'll hire you if I can, Mm -hmm. you know, basically be an intern without getting paid Mm -hmm. and then we'll see if you can and get paid. (laughs) So that was the plan. And I did that and I thought it would look more along the lines of youth ministry. And I, I guess it was for a long time. Um, but got hired on internships. Uh, I challenge everybody that feels called into ministry to find an internship and to participate in that because it, it's a great way to test the call. We, I mean, long nights lifting thousands of chairs, uh, you know, not all in one night, but just a lot of not really gratifying work.
1: Yeah, grant work.
2: Yeah. You just do whatever needs to get done. You get done. And there's cool opportunities in that. It's not all this horrible grind, but I feel like it was enough of a grind where if ministry wasn't my call. I I would have booked it.
1: Yeah. Cause it's not all the cool parts. It's not all like the fun parts and not even really getting to do a lot of like ministry quote unquote. It's, it's a lot of hard work.
2: Well, and you know, Corey, you, you were the same. You had the same position I had. Well, I guess slightly different when I was an intern. I probably had it easier. Uh, <laughs> maybe. Probably, but I don't want, you know. How it yeah. Is. I think interns
0: back in the day, I remember there was like one intern and now there's like four, like everyone, how it used to be.
2: Well now at foothills, they separate junior high and high school mm-hmm. and that wasn't, we did yeah, everything. Yeah. Right.
0: So like when you were an intern, it was you and John, right? There, there uh, were
2: three of us, three or four
0: for everything, for everything. And now there's three or four in each. I think so.
2: Yeah. yeah, and I mean, it's different. There are aspects that I don't know that. I, I get it. it. it Times have changed. Difficult. I understand. I don't know. Yeah. yeah, there, there really was this thing when I was an intern. The interns before us were always like, "Oh, you have it so easy," and I always like.
0: That's just how it goes, dude. Yeah, like with everything. Us- I don't. So
2: I don't want to <laughs> contribute to that. Um, <laughs> I, I I value you, Corey, but uh, <laughs> you know, people would leave the internship and get really angry or mad because it wasn't what they thought it'd be. And mm. I think often it, it did exactly what it needed to do. It showed them that, no, this isn't the place mm-hmm. you're supposed to be long-term. Yeah. you know,
1: Yeah. That's interesting. I mean, I won't go through it a lot cause I've mentioned it before. And I think I mentioned the same thing with uh, our episode with Mike and AJ now. So, uh, but like you said, I was an intern for almost two years. And that was, I, mean, I felt like it was a great test because I was wondering, am I supposed to go to ministry? Do I want to do this? Is this where the Lord w- would have me? And I kind of figured out that it wasn't. Um, I'm really glad. It wasn't like a six-month, just like grunt work, you know, test. And I did, did, did get paid for all of it. Um, yeah. But it was it was fantastic. And so you came out the other end thinking, no, this is what I want to do still. And yeah. it was an affirmation, if anything.
2: Mm-hmm. So in that, I took over the Youth Venture Teen Center, which was a completely new learning experience, very outreach oriented. I was used to dealing with church kids mm. and all of a sudden I've, you know, I'd have kids walk in that were high and I, I haven't smoked weed. And so I would turn to the other students to figure out like, is he high? Like, Why is he acting yeah. funny? Yeah. Um, is that Jim, <laughs> very big learning experience. Mm. Um, what were you going to say? Jim? No, I just
0: made it look on Is that normal? Yeah. yeah.
2: So I have a lot of stories from that teen center in those days, it was, uh, there were seasons that were so tremendously challenging. And then others that, um, I rested on my laurels more than I should
0: have, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and, and you're done with the venture, right? You don't have any involvement anymore.
2: No. Yeah. Eventually I wouldn't mind doing a shift eventually, but right now I, I just, it's not in the cards. Mm-hmm. So.
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, one of the things I'm wondering about that I always try to, to ask and I remember to ask is, you had mentioned you sort of, uh, so it was January before graduating, you felt like the Lord was telling you um, they were going to teach, but you weren't going to teach in a school capacity. You were going to teach, mm-hmm. um, you know, more in a ministry capacity. What, what does that look like? Like, what does it mean to sort of like be called and that the Lord was telling you to do this?
2: So, in this specific circumstance, um, I, I knew I wanted to work with students. or or work with other people in a teaching capacity but we we climbed to the top of cows mountain and we stood on this like edge and overlooked the city which was just covered with clouds you couldn't see anything Hmm. and we decided to spend some time praying and so we prayed for what must have been like a half hour and it's just me and three or four other high school guys so definitely not common
1: in that time. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
2: But over that process, uh, over that time that the clouds completely passed over us and I don't, there's just something about it. When we finished, uh, two things happened. I I looked over these guys and I knew that that specifically leading them in a way that brought them to the Lord was the type of teaching that I was called to do. And the, the, uh, everything finished. We said, amen. The clouds are completely above us. It's just clear as day. Hmm. Um, everything. Uh, it was, I don't know how to explain it. It definitely sounds cheesy and it, it just is what it is. I was very confident.
1: Hmm. Yeah. And you just felt like that was, that was what the Lord was telling you within that prayer time was that's how yeah. there was a like, you know, a thought or something where you're like, I think this is actually what God wants me to do. Mm-hmm.
2: And I feel like as we, whenever someone says, Hey, I feel like the Lord was speaking to me or, or called me or did anything. It's important to figure out the logistics of what that looked like. But then afterwards, I, I do know people that just dive in to it. And I, I do feel like I did my homework afterwards going to John Hoffman uh, and my mentor at the time and really bringing it to people that had more mature mm-hmm. and developed walks with their, with the Lord and kind of tested it.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, so like the process of getting, cause that, you're 18 at this point, right? Yeah. Um, from there until becoming a college pastor, I mean, did it feel like you were, um, like feeding that calling? Like, you know, were you, uh, using your gifts of teaching, you know, with your home groups and with your youth venture shifts and kind of running that center or, or did they kind of feel like, man, like I know what I should be doing. I'm not doing it yet you know, that process of getting from an intern all the way to a pastor now? Uh,
2: at first, it, it definitely felt that way.
0: To, to be an intern
2: for two years, then spend, I spent two years as a director, and then they um, asked me to oversee another outreach ministry, Higher Ground, mm-hmm. and which is just an incredible ministry and opportunity. We, we go on public school campuses after school gets out. And the kids come into a classroom and we get to teach them about Jesus. It's uh, insane that we get to do it. But uh, so that I I took over that ministry as well. Mm -hmm. And things were progressing pretty quickly. I, I feel like I was grateful for all those opportunities. But that was then probably year four at Youth Venture is when things started to get a little bit more difficult because... I'm a young, ambitious, man.
1: you have a kid, I, 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 your family's I, growing. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah it, it was kind of a lot of part of me wanting to like move on, ready to go. Part of me having, yeah, at that time, at least one kid, if not two mm-hmm. married and ready for the next position of authority or leadership, oh, the next place financially, you know, a mm-hmm. little bump. So it, there definitely were a few years that I had to really trust that the Lord was moving. I had to be patient. It there were, I, I don't want this to come off like I was ungrateful, but there were challenging times in between the successes. Yeah. No,
0: I'm really curious about like, just like those details about, you know, like, like what was it like, you know, with your wife and th- throughout that process, right? Like, um, it's not just you that, you know, it's your wife and you and yeah. your, um, like being dissatisfied with where you were, like I mean, I guess, navigate, and also being unique, like wasn't like you just quit and go get a new job because it's like your career. I mean, it's, it's ministry and it's the church. It was a bit different. Um, I do Any other like, details you'd want to share with that or um, maybe like memories you have of conversations with Courtney or yeah, how that all went? So uh,
2: I, I don't know that it, it was so multifaceted and there's so much going on. Cause I, I did get to a point where I was like, if this is what I do the rest of my life, if I have this opportunity to reach these kids, you know, I was at a place where directing a teen center, I was in charge of a facility that, uh, I, I really considered myself a missionary to, to Santee, the small suburb. And that's a huge calling. And so part of what the Lord was doing is helping me understand that I, it wasn't that I was uh, just, you know, stacking chairs, you know, which is actually a great start for a lot of people. But, uh, it, I was doing something substantial within the kingdom and I, I needed to have his perspective. Uh, with that said, I, I can't stress enough what a blessing my wife is. And, and she would challenge me and, and come and bring things before me that were concerning, like, all right, how are we going to pay for this? And how are we moving on? Uh, and, but, but also trust me, and it was a really good balance. So there were times when I had to really be humble and go ask for help financially. Um, you know, go to Mark and Dave and say, hey, I could really use a raise. And I, I did not want to do that. That was a battle. I sought counsel for it. Um, I went to Neil and Heather once, and we laid out our finances. And they're like, how have you not gone and asked for any help? And I'm like, I don't want to. They should... It was really like they should give me a raise. They should see what I'm doing. But it Mm -hmm. it wasn't that they were neglecting me at all. One thing I've learned about my senior pastors, Mark and Davis, they're really people that I can trust, and I know that they want the best for me. So it it had nothing to do with that. It was that was they weren't like holding my pride,
1: right? (laughs) They were like trying to get a good deal on you or anything. No, nothing at all.
2: Um, They have this huge. You know, now we have 180 people that are employed at Foothills. So, you know, I was one of those that they cared about. They saw what I was doing, but you know, it's a huge, uh, a huge ministry, a huge church. So, my wife was a blessing through this, and and she, she did bring up some challenges, some concerns. But when I would tell her like, "Hey, I'm gonna work on it," or "We need to wait," or things like that, we'd pray about it, and uh, it worked. It always worked out. You know, God, and God was doing a lot in me through those times where I, I wanted to be somewhere else and it was really good. I, I wasn't, you know.
0: um, yeah, because this is around 25, 26, right? Roughly when you yeah. were feeling a bit. Um, and then what age were you when you stepped into the role you have now?
2: Uh, 30,
0: 30. Yeah. So
2: at, at some point Dave came up to me and, and Mark as well and just said, Hey, we have plans, we want you mm-hmm. on staff
0: long term. Uh, I need you to be patient. Yeah, I remember you telling me that at one point.
2: Now, that was really encouraging and really, yeah, difficult. like knowing a <laughs> bit
0: where it's because I think for a while, uh, kind of like it being unknown and not sure, like, is this the right path? <laughs> like, where am I going to end up here? But I think when you know, like, hey, there's a spot yeah. for you, like, it kind of changes your mindset through like the low times.
2: When, when I started going into ministry, I assumed I wouldn't be able to do it at foothills. I just didn't mm-hmm. think there would be an opportunity, wh- which was another thing I had to figure out. Like, Lord, if you're calling me to do this, am I okay doing it somewhere different? Mm-hmm. And I really had settled on that. And then the Lord started opening up opportunities. So, mm.
1: What well, throughout your career and all the sort of roles that you've had, what are the types of things that, um, are the things you really enjoy and like give you energy and you feel like oh this is something I want to invest in and double down on versus like what are the things that have been uh challenging or draining or mm-hmm. things that you you know you don't necessarily like doing but it's kind of comes with the job
2: yeah um I, I love teaching it's just my favorite thing um I get a ton of energy I enjoy it very much um, so that that's like the number one thing. I want to always be in a place where I have opportunities to teach and my prayer is that the Lord would continue to develop that that skill in my life. So that and, and it, it is so rewarding to to meet with people and see the Lord use you to build them up, whether mm-hmm. it's in their marriage, their career, or just even you know a small aspect of their faith. So those things I love. Um, it is, it's tough dealing with sin and people it's tough dealing with sin when people just aren't getting it you're like all right come on uh it's tough when they just make really people make really bad decisions and Mm -hmm. for them the fallout from that um and then it's maybe tougher than anything when someone is just at a place where they're not ready to receive.
1: Mm-hmm. And so just want to shake them and be like, you're not getting it. What are you slap doing? Them, but I'm not it's falling on deaf ears. Yeah,
2: yeah. You see them, you know, choosing to make decisions that you know are going to lead to pain and destruction and heartbreak and you can't do anything about it. You know, you could tell them, but you have told them, or mm-hmm. or it just they're not in a place for whatever reason that they're going to hear you, and that's hard.
0: And how much of your job is is that dealing with those types of conversations and you know those you know difficult talks with people?
2: I don't I don't know how to put a number on that. It it happens frequently, but not I, you know I don't have those conversations biweekly. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just here and there um yeah i don't know i mean the past year we've we've had a a decent amount of that at foothills and it's been hard Mm -hmm. you know but that was a there's a lot more than usual
0: Mm
1: -hmm. what would you say is like the the long-term sort of not plan but you know vision or like where you like to go and keep investing in um as a pastor i think you know Uh, obviously there it it is different because in a traditional career it's like well here's like the position I want to get to or like the salary number I want to get to or you know I want to work at this company but it's different being a pastor so how do you think through that and what Mm -hmm. how are you sort of casting your vision
2: Um, I I don't know it's I've for a long time been looking towards this position and Mm -hmm. I'm still fairly new here you know, less than two years as a, the young adults pastor. So, um, I I want to be here for a while. Uh, I think I, I should be here for a while for the sake of the ministry. And, um, I, but I don't know what next looks like. Foothills is, and and we can officially say it, we're in the midst of a lot of transition. Mm -hmm. And so things, the current setup, Within staff, you know, this person does these two ministries or whatever. All of that could change. Um, it could change. I I don't know that I'd be surprised if I was I started a church somewhere, but I don't know that that's what the Lord has for me. I uh, wouldn't be surprised if I stepped into some hybrid position. Hmm. The only thing that, as I've, I, I'm starting to really seek counsel and pray about this more and more but it's long-term again. I I don't have any intentions of, of moving anytime soon. Uh, but the one thing I want to do is teach. and so that's about it.
1: Yeah. It's good to to know how you think about it. Um, what about like any investments or like, uh, you know, there are some things like outside of just like ministry and sort of church, but like, what are things that you're working on? I don't know how to describe it. Not career wise, but, um, yeah, just outside of uh, the church, right?
0: Yeah.
2: Well, um, so my wife and I, we did photography for years, and we t- technically still do, just we've slowed down quite
0: a bit. You, you kind of just take what comes, right? You're not really actively Yeah. So wanting at, more work?
2: At one point, we were shooting 20, 25 weddings a year. It was, it was great. Yeah. The Lord really provided financially D- while I was at... Youth venture, mm-hmm. you know, it was a huge blessing. So we still, I, I think we would have shot a few weddings last year. We have one booked right now, and we do a, a good amount of other shoots. But
0: um, is always done together, like husband-wife yeah, duo, or
2: the weddings we do everything we can, <clears throat> yeah. Uh, and the smaller shoots, Courtney mainly does, like she'll do family shoots. I don't think I've ever I've helped with the baby shoot. newborn, but I'm not doing those. Um,
0: (laughs) Probably good. I'd love to see that.
1: I would pay to see that. (laughs) Oh, man.
2: So we take the church Christmas cards from Mark and Dave every so often. Not every year, but usually at least one of them we've done for the past quite a few years. And so going to a family shoot and trying to get all of Neil's kids excited and smiling while Mark Hoffman's sitting there. My boss <laughs> and I'm looking like an idiot behind the camera. It's funny. It's uh, very humbling. Yeah. So that's funny. You no. Know. Uh, so my wife and I we started a new company a year and a half ago. Uh, it's called Gathered We Grow, and the whole it's it's built around these family journals. So my my wife really had this vision to create a family journal that every month has a calendar and then prompts throughout it to help families raise up children in a way that honors the Lord. So there's prompts like, how are you going to speak life into each other's lives? What are things you're working on this month? What are goals you have? Um, areas areas to grow versus to memorize. There's just a lot of structure so families can meet together once a month, plan out that month, and do it really intentionally because you, you guys know so much of our lives pass so quickly and, and we, we don't do the things we want to do simply because we didn't start. Like mm-hmm. We had the right intentions, but we didn't get it going. So the the journal is trying to help families raise up children in the ways of the Lord uh, easier.
0: To so, being intentional. Yeah, I think like, I wonder if there's something there with that concept, even like, uh, you know, pre-family, right? Maybe husband, wife, or like smaller unit. Uh, do me and Connie like been talking about that so much recently. Like, just being so dissatisfied with like the pace of our life, like just too too much, and um, it's really hard to figure out. I'm not sure about you guys, but like we're constantly trying to like reevaluate every week and our commitments and extra stuff, and uh, it's like, what do you say no to? And um. I find we find it very hard like every time we have like a free like for example this weekend we finally had a free Saturday and literally uh, yesterday someone's like hey you know your good our good friend's birthday we're gonna be at the beach all day come by and hang out and it's like shoot like now we're doing that all day right it's like every time we have a, a free day gets filled um, being intentional is really really difficult with each other with just slowing down and like not doing so much. Um, and for us, like it prevents us to do the things we want to do. Like we want to, you know, be healthier. We'll do what we eat? We do more exercise. Just simply, you know, like less screen time, like more quality conversations, and all these things are so hard to do uh, when we're not being intentional. Um, so anyway, I love the concept of like that book, kind of uh, like prompting you know being intentional and uh, you know staying on track with that.
2: Yeah, there's. Um, I, I was just listening to a podcast earlier this week. It was with um, Cultivate and Keep it uh i was listening let's see probably i don't know time wise it is weird when you guys record these and they get out anyways uh it is it's called h3 leadership uh with brad laminick have you heard of it Corey? no i haven't uh christian dude it's real short it's a pretty solid podcast i'd uh recommend it but he had someone on mark batterson who is an author i really like um reading one of his books now
0: sounds really familiar uh he, he did name a few s- books circle maker. circle maker yeah, my, yeah. Uh, that's okay. what i was picturing yeah. yeah
2: so he has a new one out <laughs> called win the day that i'm a couple chapters in and it's i really like his writing win style. the day yeah win the day uh and so uh, but on that he's talking to mark batterson and brad Lomanek says that we often w- we're we're how ha- we have apps that we go to all the time but some are things that we consume And then there's other things that help us produce. And so um, I was hoping this would come up because you guys, every other podcast, you bring up your favorite book, which is The Ruthless Elimination of Her. (laughs) And so you're, Jeremy, right now, I think you're at that place where you need the intentionality to remove stuff Mm -hmm. because your schedule is so full of things that you are producing. You guys are producers you that's that's what this podcast is and that's why you're successful in marketing and in uh, the different businesses you have going on but I don't think other people their schedules are less full but often they just fill them with things that are mm-hmm. more consuming and so ruthless elimination of hurry I think for a lot of your audience it is a great recommendation mm-hmm. but then a lot of the audience if, if you're at home and you're looking and you're like I'm I'm not spending my schedule mm-hmm. producing. Then then that book AJ suggested last time, Do Hard Things or Extreme Ownership. Those mm-hmm. are some of the books right. that, for that I yeah. would recommend them to, to pick up.
0: The thing for me that's hard is I like what I do. Like I, you know, yeah. like that's the hard thing. Like I know I should slow down, um, like for sake of my family and just like, you know, I should. But like I like being, I like things I'm doing. Like it's, you know, it's, I don't like being busy, but uh, I'm busy with good things for the most part, you know. That's, yeah. so that's my dilemma is like, okay, well, what do I say no to Right. And that's, that's when it gets hard.
2: Yeah. I'm, I feel like I'm in the same boat in regards to ministry right now. Just how do I do less? My hands are in a good amount of things. We just started a, a new ministry a, a couple months ago with you two. And, mm-hmm. uh, it's just easy to pick up things.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, that, that's the whole conundrum is it like, it's, it's way too easy to, do new things and just say, yes, but it's really, really hard to actually cut something out and stop doing it. Like it's, there's some sort of, you know, technically like psychological phenomenon, but, uh, that's just the fact of the matter is like, it, it is easy to say yes more often than no.
0: Yeah. I wanted to get to that group that you started. Um, and we've talked a lot about the idea of like, you know, where business and ministry intersect and come together. Um, and so, I don't know, I think you, that excites you as well. And I'm kind of just curious on, I guess your overall thoughts on that. And it's kind of like an open-ended broad question, but um, yeah, just the idea of that. And then this group you started up.
2: Yeah. So uh, step back. We, the, the group is we yeah, what's started. The group? At, <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it's at Foothills right now. It's just currently to Foothills people. Um, although eventually I'd love to see, I don't know that we can broaden it within our group. I don't know how it would get bigger, but I'd love to see more of these groups set up. And it's just a bunch of young businessmen. And we, we got them all together. And there's there's a couple older guys that were in our shoes years ago. My prayer is this. Um, what we see, what I think we see in the church, we see a lot of guys, and, and speaking mainly to men here, um, we see a lot of young men who are not driven uh, there's plenty of college students in in my ministry right now that don't have their license and that's just to me you know i was so frustrated cuz i got my license 2 weeks after i turned 16
0: 11 days for me
2: 11 days so, so we're <laughs> in the same and i was just like oh mm-hmm. there's like some bitterness mom why didn't you schedule this which you know all this i've worked past it <laughs> um, <laughs> but um and but these college guys there's a lot mm-hmm. of different areas where I'm like, come on, mm-hmm. you got but then on the other side of things, there are a lot of young men who are driven and have aspirations. And w- what happens on either side is that I don't think the kingdom's advanced and these men are being used the way God would like them to be used on either side. Cause either mm-hmm. they're not producing and they're not stepping into the roles that God has for them, or they're doing an excellent job. And the church doesn't have anything for them Mm. or doesn't know how to encourage that. Uh, and that's, I I don't want to see that. I want to see these young men that need to be encouraged and motivated. Let's talk about how work is a good thing. God Mm. created us among other things to work, uh, and you know, to cultivate and keep. But, uh, so let's encourage that. But then for you guys, I want to, challenge your leadership in the best ways come alongside you guys and uh help and and i am in this boat Uh, although i'm not doing as much uh business as i once was and i probably won't be i don't i don't know but uh i want to do what i can to build you guys up so that the lord can use you to expand his kingdom and you're investing your strengths and your your skill set in-kingdom-advancing uh, yeah. objectives, you know?
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. I think the the interesting part for me is, like, um, I've always heard, and I've always loved that sort of idea, but, uh, you know, when I learned that, I forget the exact same, but it's basically, like, um, you know, a pastor is no more, like, useful to God than mm-hmm. a janitor, and, like, yeah. wherever God has you, whatever you're doing, there's a way that God can use you to expand his kingdom, evangelize, serve, Uh, et cetera. But it's, it's hard to know what that looks like if you're the janitor, um, if you're not the pastor, because the pastor is, well, you're on the pulpit or you're going to the streets, Mm -hmm. you're feeding people, you're, you're doing, you know, nightly sessions or whatever it is. But like, what does it really look like if you're in business quote unquote, or if you're just working a normal job, even if you're, uh, if you're not a super ambitious entrepreneurial kind of person, which is um, perfectly okay as well. And, um, I think the first step is just like meeting other people and just like getting to know what they do and seeing what their lives are like and getting to know older people and um, and having some sort of challenge to really actually think about, well, how is God can use me in this situation instead of just saying, well, that's someone else's job or uh, there isn't a place for me uh, to do this within a church, for example.
2: Yeah, your article, or not article, your interview you had with uh, Wes Fulkerson, that, that was a really good interview talking about this type of, Um, this topic in this field and the interview you're quoting it it was john foreman and uh, i could send you the Uh link later but yeah, he said uh, a janitor is no more christian a christian janitor is no more or less christian than a christian pastor
1: there we go thank you you know
2: and that's like mind-blowing in a lot of ways at least we, we would all agree on that but we don't live like that's true and so figuring it out and What would be great is if we all just do excellent and the things God has called us to do. And I think part of it is you want to, if you're living your life for Jesus, he's going to be involved in everything you do. So we've taken it in one way and it's like, oh, well, what's the most Christian, how do you be a Christian businessman, businessman? Well, you definitely have to have a cross on everything possible. (laughs) um and i'm not opposed to like it's it's pretty rad when you go to a restaurant or go to a place and you're you see that they're christian but uh we don't have to that that's gonna come naturally if we're really seeking the lord and then really walking uh in the skill set that he's given us constantly going to him and asking him you know what to do next and how to um how to use these things for his kingdom and for his glory so i don't know that we i think it's a lot more natural for seeking the lord than we've made it
1: yeah yeah i mean it's a great point i I think that's why we're both um excited about it and intrigued about it um just to go back really quickly on the um on the journals Mm -hmm. uh gathered we grow right yeah um what was it like starting that and i mean you've mentioned before like kind of juggling a few things and having your hand in a couple different cookie jars, but, um, just what's the journey been like with that business?
2: Well, it's, it's been, so not, I'm going to go off on another tangent tangent, forgive me, but, uh, we just took this working genius test from Patrick Lencioni. You haven't done it yet. Dude, it's slacking. Know, I know, I know. All right. So I
0: wrote it down. Patrick Lencioni,
2: do he leads this, uh, consultant business consultant group called the table group. He created, uh, it's like a personality test, but better in that. Forgive me, everyone listening. Um, and so uh, in, in it, I, I took the test, and it really highlighted something about me that I, I knew, but it, it put a name to it. I really like creating things. Uh, so my, according to him, my working genius are wonder and uh, innovation. So I like creating things, but the things that I'm really bad at or – Rather that don't give me life, are tenacity and galvanizing. So I like I'll I'll come up with an idea and then I'll hand it off and I want someone else to do it.
1: Uh, Right, Um, I'm the same way.
2: (laughs) So so we uh, this the idea of these journals I absolutely love and I want to I practically do them. But my wife she is a lot more tenacious and she you know within marriage I, I believe we we aim within my marriage to carry it out as God has designed. Um, I work hard to be the head of the house in a way that honors the Lord and to love my wife, the way Jesus loved the church. And, um, and she's because we have this kingdom minded covenant that we've entered into, you know, she plays this incredible role, um, you know, for how God has created her. And so, she practically what that looks like is when I'm work at work, she's raising our kids in a, a lot more tangible, physical way. You know, I'm in the office a lot. And so she has this like she knows how to word it and what exactly these journals need to look like. But she kept running into dead end after dead end. And so it was hard. We didn't think we'd have one. We had this idea and we're like, oh, someone else will do it. Mm-hmm. Um, long story short, the Lord had a word for us at a conference or a, a leadership dinner. And my wife spent the next three weeks barely sleeping because she would stay up till 1 or 2 a.m. Hmm. designing everything. And it was incredible. Hmm. The Lord just, w- when his timing is right, it's right. Mm-hmm. And so with it, we had nothing for like a year. Had an idea and couldn't put it together. And then finally everything clicked. And within a month we sent it to print uh, and it was wow. pretty stinking rad. That's, cool. That's amazing. So it's been hard to launch during COVID. Uh, definitely might need to take you up on some marketing consulting. <laughs> I was going to say, I want to yeah.
1: pick your brain about it later, so, but, um,
2: but it, it's cool. And it's been rad to see how the, the families we, we've sold, I don't know, at, at least a hundred, probably close to 200 journals, cool. which is 200 families that, um, it's a lot of people put, yeah, it, it's, of it's people. awesome it is really rad to get feedback and see how the lord's using it
0: is the goal for it to be um like an income earner, earner or um, like more of a ministry or both or
2: yeah i don't know uh, the, it's kind of hard to do both right <laughs> pick one, david now. yeah the the goal we we would like to make some money off it but i, I think if if all it did was pay for itself and we kept getting, we, we still needed to buy more journals and produce them more. And, you know, so that families can grow uh, in this aspect, it would be really rewarding.
1: Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. What about um, what you're learning right now? Like um, what you're reading, uh, sort of what you've been thinking about, what you've been challenging yourself to get better at. Um, what's been top of mind for you?
0: Um,
2: what I'm learning, learning how to it, it, learn how to say no to things. Uh, I feel like I'm decent at that, but my schedule would say otherwise. Uh, learning how to.
0: Give me an example say, on that. Like some, something like this, right? Where it's like, hey, come on our podcast. Like, yeah. That, so, you know, like, yeah, <laughs> like so I'm,
2: I'm doing this and I'm going to run after this to teach a mm-hmm. high school group. Technically. Both maybe, extra. Yeah. Yeah. They're extra. But there opportunities to teach or that this I'm passionate about young mm-hmm. adult ministry and, um, and I love you guys. And I, I'm really, this podcast for everyone listening, I've listened to most of the episodes. Like I <laughs> really enjoy it. So th- this is really rad to be able to do this, mm-hmm. but yeah, just trying to figure out
0: my, my, my thing was like, it, it's stuff like this most of the time, right? Yeah. You want to do it, but learning how to say no to It's hard.
2: It's hard. Real practically, this is, tonight will be the seventh different place I've taught in 14 days. Uh And, but they're all things, looking back, like what would I remove? I I enjoy them. So Mm -hmm. that's a tough, uh, I'm learning that because the answer is, I I know what is my priority and I'm sorry guys, it's not this, but you know, I Mm -hmm. have to figure out, um, figure out just to so make sure I'm not I'm not losing time or not investing in the, the top priorities, the mm-hmm. things I need to. But then also learning more and more how to work within my skill set. And I think because we're hard workers, we can do a lot that we if we need to, mm-hmm. but then figuring out the things that I even if I could do it, it'd be better for someone else too.
1: You know? Right, right.
2: So but uh reading uh this year has been really fun reading um i, I finished uh, a hunting book a little <laughs> bit ago uh, a leadership book
1: wait is that like a, a practical like how to hunt book or this, is it like a story based or
2: this was like a wilderness survival but in, included all of that interesting so, yeah it was, it was really fun like they have pictures of what plants to eat and which plants will kill you him yeah, and, and thatcher
0: right together um, yes yeah. so, <laughs>
1: I, What's up, Corey? What? Were you like, oh, I really need to go. I've no, always wanted course. to read one, like one of these. it's like you read these, a book or... about
0: dinosaurs, bro. It's like the same. That's a little level. bit different. I'm that's just like worse. <laughs> that's it's so. David's better at the, this. Is like different. <laughs> is it interesting? David wins. Is <laughs> it
1: practical? Are you like worried about something? Are you expecting a worldwide no, pandemic I, where we all need to? I like don't go? have
2: an underground bunker. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but if I did have one, that'd be kind of cool. But I mean, come on. Uh, I don't. I'm so. I l- like being outdoors and so the author is someone I follow and he, he wrote this book. I'm like, I'll check it out. And mm-hmm. it's just real fun to learn all that stuff. I don't know. Does he have a
0: podcast too? Yeah. Yeah. I figured.
2: Do you, do you know who I'm talking about?
0: No, th- we've talked about it before though in the past. Um, I think you're so a not, funny podcast.
2: Yeah. Not a Christian podcast. It's called meat eater. They have bad language, but there are a bunch of like brainiac nerd hunters. Mm-hmm. So it, it's pretty fascinating. Mm-hmm. To hear their podcast and just to see their yeah. their different stuff. So, yeah, read that book and then some leadership books and then which, uh, which
0: uh, leadership books?
2: Uh, Five Dysfunctions of a Team, Patrick Lencioni right, doing uh, the Win the Day Right Now, Batterson. Is
0: that one good? Worth reading or no?
2: Uh, I, I don't know yet. We'll see. It's a lot more. His other books I I would suggest. Uh, I read Whisper. Last year, that one's good. I got another one for Christmas that I haven't started yet. But um, the, the one book that I would suggest, but no one will like this suggestion, <laughs> it's called um, Irreversible Damage. And it's a book about the, the current transgender movement.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And it, it's, again, I said a bunch of random books this year. Yeah. Tons mm-hmm. of different I love books. It. But this one um, it was down, Corey. is, it, it's, just asking the question, how did we get to where we're at in regards to this transgender? And, and they use the, the phrase, um, craze and mm. it is crazy insightful. Not a book you feel good about when you, <laughs> you set it down and you're like, yeah. Oh man. Um, but good to know real. Mm. So
1: those are really fascinating books. A lot of like, how did we get to where we are today? I've been kind of craving more books like that. There's, I'm not gonna be able to to list it, but there's been a couple. Oh, we actually, I read, um, the color of compromise, uh, right after all the whole like George Floyd, um, Black Lives Matter kind of stuff. Remind me who wrote that. Um, I don't know his name, but I know the forward was from Lecrae, which is why I ended up reading it. Um, but it was things like that where I'm like, this is a current event and I'm going to educate myself about what's happening. And it it was really, really fascinating.
2: Yeah. Um, so That book, I would highly encourage anyone who has kids to read it. Um, Yeah.
1: Irreversible Damage, the one about transgender. Mm -hmm.
2: And it's not written by a Christian. It's written by a, I think, Wall Street Journal reporter. Hmm. But interesting. um, Yeah, just insightful. So did that. And then, uh, of course, The Movers of Men in Mountains, Mm -hmm. which was. Have
0: um, you finished yet? Yeah,
2: finished it. So.
0: Quite the journey, huh? It's
2: a long book. That thing's thick, but it was
0: good.
1: I have not finished it.
2: <laughs> so.
0: um, one of my favorite questions, David, to ask any guest is, uh, what is something that you've changed your mind about recently? Recently?
1: doesn't have to be recently. I mean, recently in like the last couple of years. Oh, man.
2: Well, all right. So,
0: it's good one, because one every time I'm, it gets them, Corey. Yeah, every time, <laughs> every time.
2: Yeah, I have ones like in, in the past, or there's one right now that I'm trying to figure out. Mm-hmm. I don't, that's cool. I don't know where it's where I'm
0: at. Hit us, David. That's like our podcast in a summary. Everything is like <laughs> figuring it out as we go. Okay.
2: So, um, I, I've been talking to another pastor at Foothills about this, trying to figure out what age people should get married, and kind of like, is there an age that statistically, if you reach 23. That's like the benchmark for your marriage not ending in divorce. So, statistically, if you're younger I mean, than are that. Are you
0: saying 23 and above? Yeah. Okay.
2: So, if you're 22, 21, the chance statistically I mean, if, yeah. of you getting a divorce is, is much higher. So, but I'm at odds. I have a, a few issues with that. First off, um, 23, the, another pastor that I really like says, guys, should do everything they can to be married by 23 Mm -hmm. just because the older you get, it's, uh, it's harder to stay pure walk in purity. I think the older you get, the more you've lived your life. And so combining two individuals is going to have a little bit harder repercussions, but then again, the more, you know, yourself, the more you're going to know your compliment or, Mm -hmm. or what you're looking for. So it, it's tough. I got married at 22. So I, I'm on the younger, my wife was 21 and things are great. You know, I, I'm not concerned. I don't think we'll mm-hmm. ever get a divorce. Um, feel pretty dang confident about that, but it, it's just hard figuring out like, do we as a church put an age on it mm-hmm. and what does it look like? And, you know, in some ways we're ready for married, mm-hmm. getting married when we're teens, you know, yeah. <laughs> we're ready to go in, in a certain aspects and your brain's not fully developed though until you're mm-hmm. filling the date older than 23. Yeah, so when so.
0: you say you've, you've changed your mind, uh, you'd say it before you were more on the side of, Hey, get married young I like, have babies. And now you're saying wait a little bit.
2: Yeah. I w- yeah.
0: That's kind of where you're coming from.
2: I like to, you know, we as a culture have moved it later and later and I definitely have some concerns for that. I think the average marriage is like twenty seven ish right now. Yeah, and uh, so, so that means, you know, in regards to families, that changes things. In regards to like what are people's priorities, it mm-hmm. uh, changes things. Uh, Ministry wise, you have to figure that out. I mean, there's a lot of um, a lot of implications to what whatever date you get married. Mm-hmm. You
1: know? What what is that? Um, why is that an important thing to figure out for you as a pastor? Like, does that mean that you wouldn't give your blessing to a couple who's 18? Or uh, Does that mean that you encourage people to wait an extra year if they're 21 or 22? Like, what are the um, practical, like, importance of, of this?
2: Yeah, I, so on an individual by individual basis, I don't know, because g- there are really young people that, I'm like, man, if they get a divorce, no one has hope. Uh, And then there's some older people that it's quite the opposite. So I don't know. I think as I teach Common Ground, our our college ministry, I want to set them up to succeed in honoring the Lord in all they do. And and marriage is a huge aspect of that. And so I want to encourage them, prepare them, and teach them to kind of set them up for that success and if that means you know discouraging them to pursue marriage as early then then i want to do that but i don't, I don't know where i'm at uh in that mm-hmm. stance yeah. yet
1: I, I don't know how you think about it but to me i would feel i feel concerned anytime someone really young like just can't wait to get married because yeah. i'm like i don't yeah why why like what what is the what's the reason here what's the motivation in the same way that someone Young or old, older, maybe, you know, 25 or 28 is like, I don't know if I ever want to get married or mm-hmm. I just, I don't want to get married until much later, you know, 30 or 35. I'm like, well, why? Mm-hmm. What, what is It's tough because at there?
2: 27, you're like, are you disenfranchised? Are you, are you, um, heartbroken? Are you mm-hmm. discouraged? And on the other side of things, you could get married real quick. Cause you're like, oh,
1: yeah, just it, make it happen. Just yeah.
2: Like, <laughs> this is my last chance, uh, which not great. But then on the other side of things, you know, especially you're not, if you're just getting married so you can have sex and do it God's way, but you're going to do all these other (laughs) things not God's way, then you have a lot of lessons coming your way. Mm -hmm. So it's hard. And we want to do, I want to do everything I can in my marriage to set people up to have successful. I'm -hmm. I'm at my ministry. Mm But also within my marriage, my wife would help with this to set people up uh, to have successful God honoring marriages. Yeah,
0: I think the age thing is hard because, you know, most of this comes down to like where you're at in life and, you know, where you're heading, and just putting like an age on it is, you know, you could be 23 and, you know, either way behind or way ahead of, you know, the average. And so, you know, age yeah, is difficult. Yeah,
2: that's the other thing. I might land on this question thinking, well, age is a factor, but it's the seventh factor. Mm-hmm. You know, because you could point to the same statistic if um, a couple consistently attends church on the weekend, their chance of getting a divorce goes down drastically. Hmm. And so is that the factor? Well, I mean, we know people that have gotten divorced and attend church or were real young or were real, real old. Or So it is a bit of, I don't know, I'm trying to figure it out. I want to counsel people well.
1: Yeah. I mean, it makes me think like both these things are, are kind of, they're, they're proxies. They're like, just like, here's like something we're using to figure out something else a little bit more fundamental. That's like really hard. And so for age, it's like, you know, maturity and, uh, I don't know, financial ability and, uh, like where someone is spiritually, probably more than it is age in and of itself. Same thing with, um, what was that thing we were just talking about? Uh, Gosh, dang it! Oh, church attendance. Oh, church attendance. Yeah, like I mean, if you go to church every week, it doesn't mean that you have a great marriage. It just means like you have a great marriage, and you're 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 the type of person who is committed to going to church, and so therefore you're gonna have a stronger, healthier mm-hmm. spiritual life, and uh, it sort of lends itself to a whole bunch of other things.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That's a hard one, though.
2: Yeah. Let me know. What? Tell me the answer. Me <laughs> Email me.
0: Um. I want to know, uh, what are some uh, favorite books, podcasts, and resources that you often recommend to others? Uh,
2: Books that, like, come up all the time uh, would be Wild at Heart, Insanity of God, In God's Underground. Those are – I think I've heard all of those come up here on this podcast. They're just – like, part of me just didn't even want to say them, but they're so stinking good. So uh, definitely encourage that. I would encourage, you know – Older, I mean, college, young adults to reread The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe and and some of those books too. Man, Really? C.S. Lewis, I'm reading them with my kids. Actually, we took a break, but we got through the first three. I need to pick it up again. But in in all of them, the the way he describes things and then knowing he's a Christian and knowing he really is talking about something else Mm -hmm. and figuring that out, it is so good. You know, there's this, uh, I think it's the third book, Eustace becomes a dragon, and then he, the process of him becoming human again, and it's just in my mind, I don't know exactly if this is what C.S. Lewis meant, but in my mind, it's it's talking about that repentance and restoration, and the way he describes Eustace, who, who is this punk? You've seen the movies, he, you just, mm-hmm. everyone wants to punch him, um, but he talks about the pain that he's going through, but also how good it feels and the peace. And it is so good. I haven't figured out a way to use it in a message yet, but I will one day.
1: Hmm. Um, so yeah, those I'd encourage those. I actually, I'm I'm glad you mentioned that because this maybe it's just like a weird thing for me. If I'm like really excited to like read books to my kids, one just goes like, I kind of want to read them again. But too, I just feel like it's such a cool way to teach and like instill something in in your kids when it's like, Mm -hmm. you're not going to sit down and read them like C.S. Lewis's, you know, theological uh, expository writings on the book of Revelation, but something like uh, Chronicles of Narnia will teach them all the same things through something much more digestible and fun, and they'll learn to love it instead of Mm -hmm. possibly despising it later on.
2: Yeah. So it's good. A couple podcasts. I'd encourage people. Uh, Douglas Wilson has the Plodcast. Uh, enjoy <laughs> that one. Uh, Kerry Newhoff and he has a bunch of different guests on it's called the Kerry Newhoff leadership podcast. It, uh, I'm a big podcaster. I listen to probably too much, uh, too many podcasts. And
0: right there with you. both so, of us. <laughs> uh,
2: he has a bunch of random guests on and I don't agree with every guest he has on. Uh, but I I, I learn something even from those hmm. that I'm, I'm pretty uh, I sit on a, a different position than they do. Um, I don't know some quick ones. Craig Groeschel has a, a good leadership podcast. It's just once a month. I think those are you guys don't want any more hunting podcasts. So <laughs> uh, and then uh, I don't I don't know I would encourage that probably people can't Douglas Wilson solid Kevin DeYoung is someone no not very many people look to his writing but i really like his writing um he does a lot of uh, blogs but he has some books out too
1: here here's a question for you because this is something i'm sort of struggling with right now even for us as uh, as we think about inviting people on to talk to mm-hmm. um in the future but you know for myself I'm, i want to like your what you consume in your input is really important. I really feel strongly about that because yeah, that's what you're choosing to influence yourself and um, you're allowing sort of into your mind into your heart. And to me, I've realized that I'm, I'm very skeptical these days and I'm, it's really hard for me to figure out who to trust and like when everyone wants to be a hipster, social media pastor, like, who do you listen to? You know, like I was talking with Monique about it because she was recommending a couple and I was just like, man, I'm, I like anytime anyone I trust, like you or Mike or Jeremy or, you know, any one of the pastors uh, on staff or one of our close friends recommend someone. I just write it down automatically because I know like I can pretty much trust that thing. Um, but anyone else that I just like stumble upon or I see on social media or that just like mm-hmm. hear kind of here and there. I'm super, super skeptical about because I don't know their doctrine, I don't know their character, I don't know um, what they believe or don't believe or if we're yeah. the same. So, how do you evaluate um, who to read, who to listen to, who to tune into, um, mm. even if you don't agree with everything?
2: Yeah. So, I think more and more this role is going to be important. I and this isn't my idea. I've heard it on a few different podcasts, but the the role of the curator yeah. is going to be uh, crucial going forward. And so what I look to, I, I probably have a lot of the same c- concerns, cautions when I just see someone, uh, a lot of the guys that I ultimately really like and go to um, are, are not wearing uh, anything. Gucci belts and,
1: yeah. <laughs> and Yeezy's <Yeah>. and <laughs> that's
0: what Mike said. That was funny.
2: Yeah. Uh, so I, I think there's longevity, in most of the guys that I I know, and I trust, uh, there's, I I usually know the things that I disagree with them on Hmm. and I figure out like how important that is. Um, so I I think it's, it is important to see longevity in in what they've done a track record and, and just the importance of the Bible. There's a lot of these more attractional newer leaders Like, like there's a movement right now, even among writers that I really like, and it's frustrating. They'll quote a verse in their books, but they'll put a reference, like a one or two, and you have to go to the back of the book to actually see what verse it is. Hmm. And it's just a little bit more Mm. of a, like...
1: Why? What's the... One layer removed, a little bit more abstract. Yeah, and
2: I don't think at the end of it, I think their goal is, like, well, if I have something that it's not going to make the Christians not read it, but mm-hmm. it might make the non-Christians not read it. And ultimately I have something good for both of them. And, and I understand that, but I also don't like it. And yeah. maybe that's me and I'm old curmudgeon already. Uh, but I, I want to be weary of things like that.
1: Yeah. I had found that I forget which book it was. I don't want to um, criticize it too much even then, but I, uh, the verses that were being quoted were uh i didn't know like the translation of it mm-hmm. essentially and it wasn't one that i was used to like a nasb or esv or yeah uh new kings uh nkjv whatever it is um and so it made me question well, what what translation is this like is this like the you know new living where it's like very sort of paraphrased and you know yeah. re rephrase uh or is it something that's like uncredible possibly like i don't know um and so i i agree
2: yeah it's hard i think so the message translation i think there's a place for that you know uh there's times when i'm reading romans and i'm like all right i'm gonna read it in my nasb and then i'm gonna go to new living and then i'll go to message and then i'll work backwards and yeah like but day-to-day reading i'm not you know i'm to go to one that i really trust Hmm. and then there are a couple translations that If someone's quoting out of it, I think they're either naive or I'm not going to hold their, what they have to say. It's cherry
1: picking, right? I mean, it's just,
2: well, it's, it could be cherry picking or, I mean, some translations don't honor scripture. They don't, that I don't, I don't know. I I just think they're um, not their goal. Even ESV, ESV is a new translation that I, I like, uh, but i've heard interviews of the people who put that translation together they really their goals from what i can tell were genuine and good and uh and i i have a esv bible i really like it um i i usually trade between esv and, and ASV depending on my until my bible falls apart and then i get a new one but um that seems solid and then there's some translations I don't, I haven't heard anything good about the passion translation. Mm. It sure seems like one that, uh, that we could do without.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Fair. Speaking of the Bible translations, um, anything notable or interesting about what you're studying in the word or even that you've just been thinking about or that God's been sort of speaking to you about
2: nothing too crazy going through Corinthians um, it's been fun as a home group. We've been doing a little bit more, uh, verse by verse Bible, uh, Bible book by Bible book. Uh, so not every week, but a little bit more expository, which is fun. So, but I don't know. I'm getting ready Thursday night. I'll be teaching on hospitality, mm. um, divine hospitality. I'm really looking mm. forward to that.
0: How often are you speaking at common ground?
2: Try every other week or so. Uh, we just finished a series. Uh, you can find it on YouTube under the Foothills channel. Mm-hmm. It's just um, My Biggest Struggle. Uh, and we had some people come on and give really testimonies about how the Lord uh, met them and helped them overcome mm-hmm. their greatest struggle. Yeah, I um, heard
0: some of Danny's. It was a good. It was yeah.
2: it was such a great series. So I didn't teach because people yeah. know know a lot more about me. You don't have struggles. So, yeah, Yeah, that's it. <laughs> He's perfect. He's, so uh, just
0: Yeah, just the hair, you know. Yeah easy
2: we, we went the opposite way there it's <laughs> very, true. That's very um, true so those listening i am completely bald nice and shiny up top which i it's didn't clean. realize
0: i feel like more recently you've been rocking the no hat yeah. um yeah, yeah i think it's time to embrace it david is that what you're thinking you know
2: well i i never i knew i was bald in for a long time but I I really enjoyed those hats. Sounds fun. And I
0: did, honestly. I dig it. I like. Uh, I love it. I like bold heads and a beard. Um, but this sounds really weird to say. <laughs> I don't mean like that. That's I, what you're into, huh? Listen, cool. listen. That um, I'm down. Well, whatever. It's cool. Uh, also, a gray beard. Like, I can't wait to have like, a gray beard. I think it's. Cool. I'm
2: looking forward to it as well. I mean, yeah. I'm I'm all right if it doesn't happen yeah. tomorrow.
1: But I'm surprised you're not because I'm already Munich actually today. She was like, I'm finding more and more Connie's gray hairs. Always doing that to me. And like, every she day pulls them out, dude. Yeah. Yeah. I found one,
2: uh, probably six weeks ago. This like silver. I'm like, all right, I'm yeah, finally sweet, gonna right? be wise. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> That's funny. But. Well, anything else we're missing or we want to cover <clears throat> before we lose them? And uh... no, I mean that,
0: that was most of our I think uh, prompts. Any other other thoughts, Dave, or just uh, things you wanted to say top of mind? Or
2: yeah, I, <clears throat> I just encourage the young men listening uh, to know. That this world that we live in it is one that they could be really optimistic about. It's, it's so rad to think in one generation the amount of things that can change for good. And looking ahead, it's easy in your 20s, uh, for me early 30s, like to just be like, all right, I can't do much. Uh, and that's not true, especially if we collectively are seeking the lord and mike talked about this a few episodes ago uh there's that he he didn't quote this but mother Teresa said uh, if you want to change the world go home and love your family
1: Hmm.
2: and and when we as young men aim to make sure our families know the lord and are walking in the ways of the lord um, and, then, and then bring it to work, whatever that looks like. If we, if we can do those two things, then this world is going to be in a really good spot. And so I, I would just <coughs> encourage young men listening to be optimistic, to seek the Lord, and uh, to be encouraged. Uh, because I, I think we have victory. Mm-hmm. The Lord has victory. I want to play a role in that. I want to be a part of that. And so there's something really good we get to look forward to.
1: Hmm. I'm glad you mentioned that. Right. I, I share that optimistic uh, worldview. I think that it's not that it's in short supply, but it's easy. It, like it's, it's one of those things again where it's really easy to say yes to a lot of things. It's also really easy like to get down on yourself and to have a pessimistic worldview.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, cool. Well, thanks, Dave. Was thank fun. you guys very much for Good having me on. on. Yeah,
1: yeah, thank you so much for sharing everything. And thank you, listeners, for listening today as well. If you want to support the podcast, you can uh, drop into your podcast player of choice, leave us a review if you can, preferably uh, Apple Podcasts. We were actually just talking about this before, but we love reading the reviews, and there's lots of great ones on there. So if you can just hit that five stars, leave another star as an emoji in the comments, and you can give us that six stars. That'd be awesome. You can also just share it with a friend. That would go a long way for us. And if you can't already hit that subscribe button. And we'll see you next time.